Hello and welcome to the Millennial Ag Podcast, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today. Your co-hosts, Valian Likely and Catherine Lotzbeach. To practice brotherhood, honor agricultural opportunities and responsibilities, and develop those qualities of leadership which an FFA member should possess. Listeners, welcome to episode 10. If you've been with us since the beginning, we are so glad that you've been along with us on this journey. If you're just tuning in, thank you so much for being here, and we can't wait to see what's next. This week's topic is a pretty exciting one. We are celebrating the 92nd National FFA Convention in Indianapolis, Indiana. FFA is a national youth organization which cultivates agricultural leadership in young people. This week, we have a couple of special guests who are there at convention right now, and we are so excited to bring them to you this week. Yes, this week, um, both Colin um, Oshner and Cassie Shoemaker are back in Indianapolis, and they are competing um, this week at the National Convention. So with that, Cassie, would you want to kind of give us a brief um, introduction to yourself and tell, tell listeners what you're competing in? Yes, ma'am. So I have grown up on a small cow-calf operation uh, in northern Colorado. Um, I've been heavily involved in estimate space since my freshman year, um, and this year I am fortunate enough that I'm going to be competing in the extemporaneous public speaking competition tomorrow morning. Um, it's quite the experience, and it's a challenging competition, so I'm really excited to see what it holds for me tomorrow morning. So for listeners and people like me who are, haven't been heavily involved in FFA, can you explain just a little bit what your competition in Extemp tomorrow is going to look like. Yes, ma'am. So the Extemporaneous Public Speaking Competition um, is a competition that really challenges members' ability to think on their feet while also utilizing their public speaking skills. Um, When I step into this competition tomorrow, there will be a hat, and in the hat there will be 18 different speech topics. Um, I will draw three of them and then pick whichever one is my favorite or that I want to speak about. Um, From then, I will have 30 minutes um, with 10 minutes on the computer to access resources um, to prepare a speech that is anywhere between four and six minutes long. Um, And then I'll deliver that speech to a panel of judges as well as all of my FFA members and friends that will be watching. Um, And then I'll have five minutes of questioning on that topic um, in that speech that I just delivered. Whew. All right. So, Cassie, we definitely have more questions for you about your competition <laughs> with you tomorrow. Um, sounds like a pretty exciting time. But before we get too much farther, um, let's let our second guest introduce himself, Mr. Colin Oshner. You bet. As you said, uh, my name is Colin Oshner, and I'm from uh, Kersey, Colorado, and a sophomore at Platteville High School. And I... Uh, <clears throat> I'm comp- competing in the uh, creed contest here at Nationals, and I'm pretty excited for that. Awesome. Colin, for listeners who don't know, um, can you tell us what the creed is and what that competition entails? You bet. The The creed is a is a um, unique contest because every, um, every freshman that walks through uh, the ag classroom doors has to memorize and recite the FFA creed, and then as um, you do that, most chapters have a, a chapter speaking contest and then a district speaking contest and then on to, the, on to state and nationals. And I was fortunate enough to uh, win uh, the chapter and district and, and state 
And so now I'm advancing and representing the state of Colorado in the, in the creed speaking contest. And it's, um, the contest is where, um, the creed is, is timed. Um, you get, you get five minutes to, uh, recite the creed. Um, and then you get another additional five minutes to answer, uh, three questions. Although most people don't take, uh, take the five minutes to, to recite the creed. Um, usually it's around two to three minutes. Right. Five minutes to talk about it four paragraphs, four paragraphs, five, five. sentences, five, five paragraphs, yep. four sentences. <laughs> you bet. Um, yep. Yep. That would take a little, a little while. So, um, me and Valine would like to extend our congratulations to both of you. It is a huge accomplishment, um, to make it as far as you have. And we are so excited to hear how you do. So, um, let's go back. Cassie, what is it about extemporaneous speaking that you like so much? Because to most people, I mean, public speaking in itself is a terrifying prospect. Why do you like extemp? That sort of fly out, fly out the feet of your pants. What's your, what do you like about that? You know, competing in this contest um, is something that would definitely have taken me and my parents for a surprise. Um, when I was eight years old, I was actually the little girl who couldn't even stand up and introduce herself in front of the 4-H club. <laughs> um, I couldn't even say my own name. I was so nervous. But um, today, public speaking just gives me just the most amazing adrenaline rush. And that I'm able to speak in front of others and advocate for just the agricultural industry as a whole, as well as the beef industry. Um, it's just something that I really enjoy. And it's a passion of mine that I've developed over the years. Um, stepping into the ag classroom as a freshman, I was definitely still very shy and very reserved. Um, but thanks to my ag teachers, they really pulled me out of the shell, out of my shell. Um, and it all started with the creed contest that Colin is also competing in. Um, and it just kind of built up over the years that I just really enjoyed speaking in front of people. And I loved having those conversations and answering questions that people had. Um, and the extent contest just really sparked my interest because, um, I wasn't quite prepared to have a prepared public speech. Um, that I would present, but I just wanted to kind of test myself and challenge myself to see how uh, quick on my toes I could think um, in this competition. That's awesome, Cassie. And I can see your confidence and your growth even just on this podcast. And I don't even know you that well. Um, <laughs> what what kind of topics have you had in the past on Extemp? And what are you maybe expecting or prepared for as far as topics tomorrow? Um, so I have had topics ranging anywhere from new technologies to debates around um, new lab-grown meat to drones and agriculture to trade um, relations and uh, international agri-marketing. Um, and we actually have a book of resources that we get to take in with facts and statistics and there's all kinds of information in those books that range from any asset of the agricultural industry. Um, but tomorrow, I think uh, I'm really hoping for a topic that maybe has to do something with food waste. Um, at State, I was able to give a speech about that, and that was one that I really enjoyed talking about, and it's something that is very important for all of us, um, ag industry-related or not. Um, so I think that food waste is probably somewhere I'm really hoping to draw a topic that I get to speak about. Well, that's awesome. And I want to dive into all these topics with you. Um, but we'll, we'll stay focused on the FFA convention 
and that sort of thing. Um, Colin, for you, um, what what are you most excited about with the Creed and how is it relevant to maybe people that aren't in FFA or in agriculture? You bet. I think, um, you know, there's been a lot of preparation that's gone into preparing for the Creed, you know, not only at the state level, but now, um, you know, this fall preparing for uh, nationals. And it's, it's really been exciting because I've been able to do, uh, similar to Cassie, been able to learn a lot of about, maybe not as in-depth for sure, um, but a lot about different topics and different ag issues um, within the within the ag industry and be able to, um, you know, gain more knowledge that's, um, you know, affecting people in agriculture and, and consumers as a whole. And so that's been really exciting just to, to broaden my knowledge about agriculture and then also be able to gain confidence and um, being able to get my thoughts out in words in front of people. But I think um, as we think about how the creed relates to, um, you know, other FFA members or um, or not, I think as as um, I looked up what, what the definition of a creed was, and it, it is a set of um, aims or beliefs that guide and direct someone's actions. So I think the, the FFA creed is really cool because no matter if you're in, in FFA or in agriculture or not, the creed, I think, um, speaks to a lot of the beliefs and aims that um, we as citizens should uh, strive to uphold so we can, um, um, you know, have well manners and, and, and just be um, good citizens as a whole. Um, and so I think that's, that's the most unique part about the creed. And for me personally, I think that growing up on a farming ranching operation i get i get to experience everything that em tiffany talked about and that's in that creed on a day-to-day basis so that's really cool um on that standpoint that's incredible colin and just listening to both of you i think it's it's such an amazing thing how you know something as simple as the creed um you know can can do two things one bring bring young people out of their shells and give them a taste for for public speaking and for, for talking in front of people about things that they're passionate about. And then also for, for widening minds and, and really considering what agriculture is all about and how it applies not just to us as agriculturists, but also to, um, those who consume our products as well. And really, you know, helping to me, it, it helps me understand how agriculture and, and the rest of society, um, are really one community rather than you know, turning it into an us versus them thing. I think the creed really, really helps us um, recognize. Build our, those. Yeah, yeah. Build those relationships and recognize our shared humanity. Um, so thank you guys for telling us about about your competitions. We wish you both the very best of luck with those. Um, turning to just general FFA convention um, talk now. What are you guys most excited for? I think if I if I remember right, you've both probably been to convention before. What are some favorite memories, and what are you most looking forward to this year? Um, we'll start with you, Cassie. Um, I think that my highlights over the last few years. I've been fortunate enough that this will be this is, I guess, my fourth year um, attending the National SSA convention. Um, and I think that some of my favorite memories have no doubt been in the judging band with my uh, dairy judging team a few years ago. Um, <laughs> You know, you just build some of the coolest bonds with people that you may not talk to otherwise. Um, 
and we just have so much fun, you know, going down the road, jamming out to some good music, um, just kind of celebrating that we're here and just enjoying the moment. Um, I think that I'm really looking forward to making more of these memories. Um, I'm a senior in high school this year, so uh, the next time I come back is most likely for my American degree. Um, so I'm just really looking forward to savoring the moment and just taking in every minute that I can um, and making as many memories with uh, <laughs> with my FFA members and advisors and my family here this week as I can. That's so cool. I just it's fun to hear your memories made. Can't wait to hear about the ones you're going to make this week. What about you, Colin? Yeah, I would say the say uh, the same as Cassie in, in making those memories. I know we were just uh, we're we're just going to the hotel now, but we were able to uh, tour Fair Oaks Farms, and uh, that's that's an awesome awesome operation and something that we don't we don't see all the time. I think that's just one of those memories that. Um, and things that we can learn about pr how producers are doing across the country. Um, but, but, uh, for me, this week, I'm most excited about, well, obviously speaking in, in the creed contest, I'd like to see, see how I do there. Um, but, but I know I show, we show, uh, cattle across the country and I have, um, networked with some of my, my friends via social media and I'm excited to, uh, meet with them. And, uh, kind of, and then hopefully meet other friends, uh, along the way. And so I think I'm most excited about, you know, being able to, um, not only get, get pumped up, um, for agriculture, um, but also do that with a, a lot of, a lot of friends that I've, I've met so far or I'm going to meet. I love your guys' focus um, at convention here. You know, there's so many things going on. There's general sessions, there's the concert, there's the career expo, there's obviously competitions and, um, it sounds like you guys are focused on the really important things, building memories and relationships that last, you know, a lifetime, truly. Um, just thinking about the most important relationships in my life, um, and they started because of FFA. And I'm excited that you guys have that perspective and and that you're focused on enjoying the moment because that that is a huge thing, um, especially in this day and age, you know, when it's so easy to, to just go on to the next thing. So excited to hear what you're excited about. and. Um, I guess turning to history a little bit, Cassie, this one's especially for you, but this year marks 50 years that women have been allowed in FFA. Um, what does that mean to you? Um, I think that in the agricultural industry, and especially in my life, some of my most influential role models um, and people that I look up to have been very strong women that were part of the agricultural industry and that could work just as hard as some of them some of the men did, um, and they aren't afraid to get their hands dirty, and they aren't afraid of a little hard work. So I just think it's awesome that it's been a whole 50 years since women have been given this opportunity. Um, and I think that as I step into the competition tomorrow, I not only can be just proud of being here, but I can just be proud that I'm a woman that's um, making a strong impact in agriculture and that I am able to use my voice. Um, it just makes me really thankful for uh, this organization and where it comes as since its founding, um, it's just very exciting, and it's it's a cool thing to see, and I can't wait to see where it goes in the future, um, seeing more and more women get involved with agriculture on the science side and on the labor side. I think that there's a big future for for women in agriculture. 
Very well put. That was very, very well put. And I, I totally agree with you. And I think one of the coolest things about the blue corduroy is that once it's on, it truly doesn't discriminate. I would sure add to that a little bit. Um, I know my, my mom was the uh, first state, state president, uh, the female state president in Nebraska. And so, uh, I would sure say the same as, as Cassie did is that you know, that one person that st- stood up at national convention, uh, so many, you know, 50 years ago that, that made the motion to, uh, uh, adopt women in the SSA and that leadership that it took, um, that one person and, and going above and beyond. I think that's something that we as SSA members really need to strive for, no matter, you know, what it is that, that we believe in. I think believing in something and then, um, you know, taking that initiative and a leadership. Um, to make make things happen is is truly extraordinary. Very well said, Paul. And that's it's really cool too, coming from a from a male who's done very well in FFA to have that support and take that leadership that the women had in the 50 years ago and your mom, um, and use that to better your career too and find inspiration there. Um, it's also 92 years of FFA if I'm Correct. Um, what does that mean for for you guys, and how do you want to keep the legacy of FFA going for the next generation? Start with you, Cassie. Yeah. Um. So you know, the FFA represents a an industry that is rich in history. Um. It, you know, uh, a farmer is practically the oldest occupation you could go back to, no matter what history books you look into. You know, um, civilization would not exist without farmers and without agriculture and We've come a long way since the beginning of agriculture, and I think that no matter where we go, um, we will always need agriculture. And we've become so efficient um, over the last 92 years, and we've been able to advocate for this industry thanks to the FFA. Um, and I think that we as FFA members have a big responsibility looking forward um, as to advocating for our industry and advocating for our practices. Um, so I'm just really excited to see where the FFA goes, you know, it will always be a relevant organization. So I just hope that we as members and young agriculturalists can continue to keep the tradition alive. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, I think that is, that is very true. And I don't know if there's a whole lot to be, to be added to that, but yeah, I just say that, um, as, as Cassie said, that agriculture, you know, the, the saying that, that I always, always, um, comes to my mind when I think about agriculture is once in your life, um, you may need a doctor and at least once in your life, you may need a policeman and once in your life, you know, you may need a, uh, a lawyer. Um, but every day, three times a day, you'll need a farmer. And so I think that's just it. It's, it's so relevant. No matter, even though that, uh, less than 2% of the population is involved in production agriculture, um, agriculture is one of the most relevant industries um, you know, going. And so I think that, uh, that agriculture is very important. Um, and, and as Cassie said, that we need to do our job as, um, advocates to be able to get our word out there and, and what we are doing as, as agriculturalists. And I think FFA is a great way to do that. And that's how we're going to keep that tradition alive is having these conventions and getting, um, you know, the 700,000 members across the country fired up about agricultural industry and 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 that sort of thing so that's uh that's that's my two cents 
Well, I, I appreciate those remarks very much, and it couldn't have come more more pertinently than from two current members right now. So thank you guys for those thoughts. So FFA has changed a lot over the years. Agriculture has obviously changed a lot over the years. Um, American society, global society. So with that has, has changed um, consumer wants, needs, um, you know, our own skills as agriculturists. Um, you know, a hundred years ago, it was important to know how to plant crops properly and how to care for the soil and, and those sorts of technical details. But what do you think are the most important skills that need to develop, be developed as up-and-coming agricultural leaders in the industry today? You guys are our next generation. Um, you know, you're going to be you're going to be working in the workforce before we know it. And so, is it still those technical skills that you think are most important, or is it something else that you see as a need in our industry? We'll start with you this time, Colin. Yeah, you bet. I I I really think there's a you know there's a lot of skills that that are um, to be obtained and some skills that are that are um, more prominent than others, um, but I really think that to be successful in whatever you're doing, I think that, and one thing that the agricultural industry really does well is um, a hard work ethic. I believe that uh, a hard work ethic is something that, that the agricultural industry exemplifies because it's not not an easy occupation. It's not. Um, you know, especially in production ag, there's there's not days you can just sit at the desk and and look at the snow falling. You're you're out in it, helping uh, care for your livestock and, and crops and stuff. Um, and so I think that's that's one skill. Um, another is I think that that FFA also helps is um, the uh, the technical side of things, being able to um, help. I think there's a lot of people today that that truly don't know or or don't want to work with their hands. And I think that's a skill that no matter how much, um, you know, robotics and technology, there's always going to be a need for um, skilled laborers and operators um, in all industries. And so I think something that the the, uh, the FFA is doing well uh, is by getting these uh, members ready to uh, work with their hands and, and just be able to figure out the things they do well and, and help them do them better. So I think those are those those will be the the skills that I would talk about. Well, Colin, with with that attitude, I think you're going to be a hot commodity coming out of high school and college for sure. Number one on employers' <laughs> list. <laughs> you bet. Cassie, Hope so. Cassie, how do you feel about this? You know, I completely agree with Colin that I think a strong work ethic is something that we should attempt to instill in all of our um, ag students and FFA members. Um, I think that the agriculture education program, the three circles of ag, for those of you um, who, may, who may not be familiar with it, it includes the FFA, our supervised agriculture experience, and our in-classroom um, experiences. And I think that that just does a great job of creating well-rounded students who are not only uh, fluent in those technical skills, working with their hands and things like that, but they are also able to communicate clearly and efficiently with other people um, within the industry. And I think that those communication skills are also a very important thing that we need to teach our students how to use and how to use effectively. Um, I think that stepping out of high school is going to be very important for me to be able to communicate not just with employers and coworkers and peers and things like that, um, but also with those who are maybe um, unsure about some of the practices we use within the agricultural industry. Um, today, there's a lot of debate um, that there's an information gap between producers and consumers. 
Um, and as someone who's involved on the production side of agriculture, I think that uh, we can help all of our FSA members to be more uh, fluent and just be very uh, open and be able to communicate clearly with anybody who might have questions about the agriculture industry. Um, and I think that as up and coming ag leaders, that will just be very important for us to advocate for ourselves as well as for the organization and, uh, and an industry as a whole. Catherine, I don't know about you, but I think society and especially agriculture is going to be in amazing hands, especially with these two coming out of high school next year and then calling in a few years. Um, it's, well, it's just probably better watch ourselves with these two coming up the line. They're, you guys are sharp and on it. And um, definitely, I agree with Valine. I think we're going to be in really, really good hands. Since this is the Millennial Ag Podcast, um, I guess I one question as a millennial to the next upcoming generation for you guys is, one, how do you view us millennials and how can we maybe assist you um, in, in school right now, but then in your future career paths as well? You, you bet. I think uh, it's funny. On the, I was getting bored on the drive and, and I, was, uh, I was watching a video. I don't know if you guys, you guys have watched The Millennial Farmer. There's those uh, those funny videos of, of how you know he has he farmed uh, took over his op or dad's operation family operation and then he's you know looking for help and he has the he has the helper that you know doesn't has to has to get off work early to watch his show and and um, <laughs> you know do this and has to has to go get Starbucks in the middle of grain cart operating and, and this and that. I think it's it's kind of funny because a lot of times I think the the millennial generation gets a definitely a bad rap because of this. We got to do a better job than ever. Uh, like Kathy has stated, of uh, you know of ad- advocating for not only our industry and and just ourselves as a as a millennial generation. I think that you know we have the technologies and tools at our at our disposal that um, nobody else has has had, and I think that uh, we can. We can do a better job than ever and, and create a, um, you know, more efficient, uh, industry than ever. And I think that, um, the best way we can do that is by, by joining, um, organizations like this to be able to, uh, learn speaking skills and, and to be able to communicate in front of others in order to, and also, like I, like I stated earlier, be able to work with your hands and, and gain that hard work ethic. So uh, as a whole, the millennial or the millennial generation doesn't get a bad rap, and so um, I think, yeah, I think that's that's what I would have to say. Um, even though the millennial generation sometimes may not um, be perceived in the, in the best way, I think there's a, a lot of things that that um, the millennial 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 generation will uh, bring to the table in in the uh, agricultural industry and um, all of the globe as a whole. Well, thanks, Colin. It's nice to hear that, you know, as a as as millennials and being much aligned, maligned, excuse me, it's nice to hear that somebody has a little bit of faith in us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cassie, what do you think, um, especially about, you know, um, as millennials, you know, it's often felt like we are much maligned. We, we do get a bad rap a lot of the time. Um, because we're far different from generations before us, and you know sometimes that that generational gap can be a pretty big 
pretty big ask to get across. So from looking from millennials to Gen Z, what can we do, you know, as you're coming up behind us, how can we be of most help to your generation? You know, just talking to my parents earlier today, um, kind of about the shift we've seen in the agriculture industry is kind of when they were growing up and they were going to college, the big push was for efficiency. Um, and from that efficiency, we're now looking at sustainability and pushing for that. Um, and I think that the uh, generation gap from the generation before you to the millennials has definitely seen an increase in technology. However, from the millennial to the Gen Z is even a bigger step up in terms of technology. Um, and while I'd agree, I think that kids spend way too much time on their smartphones, I included. Um, I think that my generation, the Generation Z, has a lot to offer in terms of uh, technological advancement and knowledge on how to use that technology. So I think that collaboration is going to be the biggest thing stepping forward, just um, using these technologies in a safe way and also using them in a realistic and efficient way um, and finding ways to um, make that technology useful for all generations on the farm. Um, we're seeing big shifts um, in the age, the average ages of farmers, but I think that if we can find technologies and find ways to use them in a way that's beneficial to anybody who is um, who needs to implement them or is looking to implement them is something that's going to be really important. Um, so I think looking forward, just focusing on that use of technology and collaborating um, in a level-headed manner as always um, is going to be something that's very important for um, our generation to kind of make that switch and continue um, to continue producing in the American agriculture way we do. Thank you so much for that. Straight out of the mouths of um, our next generation of agriculture folks. So Cassie and Colin, thank you so very much for joining us. We are so happy you were able to. We know that you have a very full week coming up. So thank you for taking a little bit of your time to talk with us um, from two very agricultural hearted people. And um, your entire state of Colorado, we are wishing you two the very, very best of luck in the next couple of days. And we'll be watching how your competitions go closely. So good luck. And most of all, have fun and keep making those memories that you guys are talking about. And I just want to say um, thank you for taking the time out of your, your schedules to meet with us. And I'm so incredibly excited to see where you guys go and would look forward to meeting you guys at some point in person. You bet. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's been a great opportunity. Thank you, guys. Take care and good luck. And listeners, we will keep you posted on how Cassie and Colin do in their competitions this week. Laleen, it is so exciting to, to it's it's sort of bittersweet to be on this end of of um, an event like National FFA Convention. The first time I ever put on my blue jacket was about 13 years ago, and I can't believe that it's been that long. And I also can't believe that I'm not there because um, FFA was such a huge part of my life. And um, for listeners who don't know, I really meant it when I talked about the most important relationships in my life. I met my husband through FFA and he is back there right now um, as an ag advisor, uh, taking his students um, to compete and, and have a great time. So, you know, it's it's so incredibly exciting to hear about students who get to hear that, who get to have that same experience and, and to talk to them. Um, and also, you know, thinking about the good old days and, and the memories and, and lessons that I learned as well. Yeah, it's, it just is reassuring to me to see, well, I wasn't a part of FFA other than 
a, a brief time, um, I was involved in other organizations such as FCCLA and 4-H and played basketball and rodeoed. And, and it's just reassuring to see the next generation of leaders taking the bull by the horns and being ambitious and, and goal-driven and very well-spoken. I, I'm envious of them a little bit <laughs> in just how, how quality of students we have and how smart and educated and passionate they are. It's just, it's phenomenal. And I hope if anything, this, this sparks some interest in, in our listeners to figure out how they can get involved, whether if they are at the age of FFA and FFA or if there are age local organizations and how they can take the next step to getting involved in learning and being passionate about something. Cause it's, it's so incredibly awesome and just refreshing, I guess. Refreshing is the right word. And it, it honestly gives me goosebumps a little bit to listen to, to Colin and Cassie, especially because, you know, they're Colin's, you know, 15 or 16, Cassie's 17 or 18. And I mean, they sound like they could be stepping into the boardroom right now. And, you know, it, it'll, it'll certainly, I mean, with, with FFA members out there like that, it's, it's going to keep the rest of us on our toes to, to stay on the cutting edge, to, to keep moving forward and progressing. Like we have this tradition in agriculture of doing, and, you know, they aren't going to let up on us. They're, they're going to demand that kind of high quality interaction and collaboration from our industry in the future. And I mean, I think looking forward from, from our millennial standpoint, um, it's encouraging. It's definitely going to be challenging, but we owe it to them, even though we are just barely getting our feet wet as the next generation of agriculture, the next, next generation is coming up right behind us. And we need to set a good path and, and build the foundation for them as well. Like, like generations have done before us, um, for ourselves. Yeah. And we don't need to, well, they can, they appear to be maybe a little intimidating or coming in and we're scared they might take our jobs. We need to build that foundation and pick them up and encourage them to continue to fight the good fight and continue to do what they're so passionate about. Because I think as a big team of agriculturalists, um, with all different generations, we can really light the world on fire it with the right attitudes. I agree. And, you know, talking to those two, it sounds like they have the right attitude and it's up to the rest of us in agriculture from our generation on to have that same attitude and meet them, meet them in the same place of collaboration and excitement for the future. So I'm really, really excited that National FFA Convention is this week. All the fun memories are popping up on my social media. Um, all of, all of a lot of my good friends, um, you know, from high school and college are back in India right now. I wish I was there too, but um, you and I can follow along on social media and and relive some of the glory days. And if you are if you are a new listener or listeners who aren't familiar with FFA, um, go look on any social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Google Google FFA, and you'll be able to follow right along with all the exciting things going on um, with sixty five thousand members in Blue Jackets in Indianapolis this week. That's- it's so incredible just to see the collaboration of so many students of so many backgrounds all getting together for one common goal. Yeah. Agriculture, which is what we love very most. <laughs> we have made it to episode 10. Thank you so much for being along our journey with us this far. We are so excited for the next 10 episodes and beyond. And until next week, uh, this is Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on top. Tap and no topic is off limits. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Millennial Ag Podcast. Feel free to reach out to us, provide feedback, and submit your questions. 
Our email address is Catherine at MillennialAg.com. That is K Catherine with a K A T H A R I N E. And please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Also, rate us on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs>